Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the second best podcast that airs live on Twitch remotely from Utah, Georgia, and Ohio. This is episode 27 of the Switchcore podcast. My name is Jeremy, joined, as always, by Charlie. How's it going, guys? And by Drew. Hey. Who still doesn't have a camera yet. No, not not yet. I Although I think I did promise that I was going to send you one, and that hasn't you happened did. yet. And you need to send me Until Dawn, too. I think that's like a yeah. year. A Dude, year. It's, it's funny. My parents recently were going to a flea market. They're like, hey, is there anything that we want that you want us to clear out for you? And I started going through my games, and I'm like, I don't have a PS4 anymore. This is back before I bought a PS4 again. Um, and I saw my, my Until Dawn box sitting there, and I'm like... I was supposed to send this to Drew like a year, <laughs> a year ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I went to go give give it to them anyway, and it wasn't even in the box. So I might not have that game anywhere that I can find easily. So <sighs> Thanks, my life. Man. Hey, no problem. If I find it, I might play it again and then send it to you. <laughs> okay. He'll, he'll find it when like two more games come out and it's like super old and out of date. Yeah, like two more Until Dawn games. Well, there's already been one if you count that VR game, that Rush of Blood. Yeah. That game, I that was like the first VR game that I ever played. Uh, I played it at PAX back in 2016, and I had a lot of fun with it. I'm like thinking to myself, man, like VR, this is kind of cool. I don't think that it's going to really take off anytime soon, but I'm not going to buy it. And then I bought an Oculus Rift anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know who's the sucker, I guess. You're tearing me apart, Friction. I know, I know. Drew, what you been up to? Oh, you know, just the usual. Where's what's your Pokemon minute, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just been playing more Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I beat the story and the end game for the most part. Um, and just working on completing my Pokedex again, which this time is a lot more painful. Um, because for whatever reason, Game Freak decides that they're gonna make. Oh, I swear it's like a quarter of the new ones just impossibly rare to find. And so you know that you're in the right spot, but you still can't come across these said pokey pocket monsters. Yeah, the the said pocket monsters I cannot find. Um, But yeah, I'm mostly just completing the Pokedex. I have like hmm, less than 50 left, Um, probably closer to 30. And then... I'll get my shiny charm and then I can go hunt all the legendaries and the wormholes or whatever. And yeah. So that's that. Um, I wish I knew what you're talking about. I did not get deep enough into sun or moon. Which one did I have? I had sun when I bought it originally. Yeah. That seems to be the story with a lot of people. And I've noticed it's not, it's really either people love the game and they played through the whole thing or they never really got into it. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of people who are just like, eh, you know, I finished the game and it's kind of meh. There are just people who are like, eh, I lost interest like 10 hours in. Yeah. That's about where I was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I loved the, I loved Sun and Moon, but then again, like, they were kind of my first full games. So it's kind of understanding. What I keep hearing from people, at least anecdotally, is that like people who aren't like raging huge Pokemon fans, they kind of fell off after like, Gen 6 or something like that. They're like, the games have been mostly the same, right? They've been very similar every time, not a whole, like, you know, things change, obviously, but it's not really a completely different experience. 
most of the time. So they just kind of fell off, which I think is why a lot of people are excited about the potential for Pokemon actually getting a pretty big change. Because there's a lot of people out there that like Pokemon that would love to play a new game that really felt really fresh, you know? Right. But yeah, um, other than that, I got the Google Daydream View. It came for free with my phone. So that's a little phone VR headset. That's pretty cool. At least they gave me the game Keep, keep Talking and Nobody Explodes for free. So that'll fun. be fun. Um, how, how are uh, how are you liking the Daydream View with, with the... Because you have the Pixel, right? I have the LG V30. Oh, that's right. So it works. So the V30 is Daydream compatible or whatever. Right. So, yeah, it's basically the exact same hardware as the Pixel 2. So... You know, it all works the the same way you'd expect. And um, overall, it's pretty good. Um, I think when I used it, the lenses need a bit of cleaning uh, in order to, you know, get better. I think they were kind of dirty while I was using it. But um, got to get rid of those long eyelashes, bro. <laughs> really long eyelashes if they're touching the lenses. Um, same thing I've always said about VR. It's cool. It has a lot of potential, but nobody's really using that potential very well um, right now. Yeah. I was I was a little bummed when I found out that my phone, I have the OnePlus 5, is not Daydream compatible, even though spec-wise it is. Because they, mm. I mean, they prefer you have a 1440p display on your phone to be Daydream compatible. Yeah. I mean, but it'll work. Sense. But it, it works, and it's like their requirement is 1080p, which yeah. my phone is, uh, and like it's got the Snapdragon 835, and you know all the features that you would need out of a phone to make it compatible. I mean, it works with you know Google Cardboard, but right. I think everything works with cardboard. So <laughs> Google Cardboard was the weirdest thing. I love it. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I've tried a bunch of those things too, and it's like, eh, I don't know. We're gonna lose Rift here soon. To uh, you know, the inevitable VR porn. <laughs> oh no, my god! No thanks. I'm not going yeah, dude, down that alley. Like, he's like, you know, I just got married. You know, my religion isn't totally. And screw it. You know what? I'm out. I'm done. Complete 180. <laughs> Flipping it up. You know, I'm just gonna have a party. He's gonna be. In, he's gonna be in a wahoo, just like drinking like a mai tai and just That's have a right. VR headset on. And it's just like, what are you doing? Well, anime like butts. Strippers. Well, eighteen strippers are dancing around him. Anime butts. Anime butts. What about you, Charlie? What you been up to? Um, I mean, I played. We played some more Rocket League, which was really fun. Um, I, I played uh, this indie game Slime Son. It's been out for a while. Um, but it's really fun. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, is it eight bit? Yeah, I think it's eight bit. It's like an eight bit two D platformer. Um, it's, it's really. It's like pretty hard, sort of like super meat boyish, but with more of like a an actual world and story and characters. So you can kind of you, you can go to like a little town and walk around and there's like all these extravagant characters, sort of like um, I, think, I guess the humor kind of reminds you of like Undertale in a way. Hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting. There's a ton of secrets. You can like always get all these crazy filters and put a hat on your character and get a whole bunch of cool unlocks and stuff. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's, you know, I think it was like, I think I got it for like 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, it's really good. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for a good 2D platformer, I'd definitely say pick it up. Um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, 
I don't know, just been slowly getting convinced to buy the, uh, what do you call it? Um, collector's edition of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Who's trying to talk you into that? My brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn our like, brains. It's just like, oh, but look, it has a 220-page beautiful art book, and that steel book looks really cool. And I'm like, no, shut up, brain. I don't even like you anyway. Hey, if you pre-order off of Best Buy or Amazon, you get a, like, I think it's like a $20 discount. So it's only 80 bucks after all is said and done. What? You mean, you mean if gamers, you have, gamers Club Unlocked and yeah, Prime Plus? Or yeah, 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 because I have Gamers Club Unlocked. I was just like, wait a second. Are you saying an extra 20? Because that makes no sense. And so in that case, it doesn't have to be pre-order. I can get it whatever the hell I want. Um, that's, yeah, uh, that's I actually, doing the pre-order thing. That's actually a good question. Do I have to buy it online or can I just walk into the store? With Gamers Club? Yeah. Gamers Club, you could just, it, any new game, or not new game, any sealed, non-used game. So whereas like Amazon Prime, they they limit you to, I think, the first two weeks after yeah, launch two weeks. and pre-orders. Or they may have even gotten rid of the two-week post-launch thing. I think it's only on pre-orders now. Yeah. So, but yeah, any any sealed game. I mean, I like, I mean, everybody knows here that I work at Best Buy, hopefully, at this point. But, um, and I'm not trying to... Uh, send business their way but if you're Plug. price conscious like it's not a bad it's not a bad plan i was doing it for a while i don't i don't do it now because i go 100 percent digital with my games yeah that's understandable i just and i normally do that i just for some reason this time around i was like i want to get everything physical i don't know yeah. why well i think it's them from the fact that there's a you know really limited amount of um you know hard drive space on on the switch that makes sense. Plus, you've like, got two switches in the house, and yeah, you know, maybe Susan will want to play, and we're yeah. at a time that you don't. So, well, it's also why buy two copies? Yeah, well, I mean, so for, and for certain games, we do get two copies, right? Like, so for like Zelda, and well, we didn't have Gamers Club Unlock when we got Zelda, but like when we got Mario Odyssey, right? We wanted two copies because there was no way in hell we were going to wait for each other, so we wanted to play it at the same time. So mm. I had to buy two copies of that game. So where normally it would have cost me one hundred and twenty bucks. I got both of them for like ninety. Which, I mean, that adds up. I mean, that 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 saved me enough money to pay for Gamers Club to unlock, unlock, yeah, in, you know, in one purchase. Because you did so, it right before Odyssey, right? Yeah, did it right yeah, before so Odyssey, was, and then yeah, and then yeah, I got that, was, and then I bought um, three games for my nieces, all with Gamers Club unlocked. Um, my friend, I just bought him Mario Odyssey with Gamers Club unlocked, and now I'm going to get Xenoblade with Gamers Club unlocked. <laughs> so it's like I'm just yeah. racking in the savings, man. You right. just basically I, end up getting a bunch of games for free, like by the end of the year. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially if you buy a lot of games. I don't know if I told you guys this, but it works with the Toys to Life uh, stuff as well. Yeah, including Amiibo. Amiibo. Yeah, yeah, I bought some Amiibo that way too. So, anything yeah. else, Charlie? I mean, no. That's 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 really it. I mean, I haven't really played a whole lot this week, unfortunately. So I uh, haven't been playing a whole lot of games other than Destiny, although I will say that I did pick up Horizon Zero Dawn on that sale for PS4, only for the simple fact that I I want to have a like decisive, conclusive argument as to why that game does not deserve to be anywhere near the top of, like in the top two at least, of these Game of the Year award talks from, you know, uh, game like I don't know any any major publication and the Jeff Keeleys. So so how's so here, your argument he, developing? I haven't he, started it yet. So here's, I'll, you a, know, here's a really here's a really easy argument for why Mario Odyssey should win Game of the Year and no other game can. Can you play Mario? No, 
Can you play fetch? Can you play fetch with the Shiba Inu in those games? No, you can't. <laughs> Game of the year. That is done. not. That is not a good yes, argument. Yes, it is. Fantastic argument. I saw. I saw that trailer and I was like, I'm buying it. Game of the year. We're done. done. Best argument I've ever heard. Ten out it's, of ten. Best argument. Dude. Five out of seven. Perfect. Perfect argument. Um. So yeah, I've been do- I've been doing that. I was working during all the Black Friday madness. Well, not all of it. I actually was off during the like bulk of it, but I did go up there and buy some stuff because I'm a sucker. I've got Scott in one ear telling me not to do it. I've got myself in the other ear telling myself not to do it. And then impulsively, I ordered a uh, a 1440p 144 hertz monitor. Hey, so and it is beautiful. Like I am nice. so I am so excited about this thing. So it's a uh, the Dell S2716 DGP or something like that. Uh, I probably got that wrong, but does uh, it have G Sync? It does have G Sync. Oh, that's a, what that's like the pretty cheap one with the TN panel, I think. Uh, I don't I'm know, dude. It was like right. a it was like a six hundred dollar monitor marked right. off marked off like almost like half. Yeah. So, and I t- I told myself once these things, once I find a a deal on it didn't matter what size it was, whether it was a 24 inch or 27 inch, it didn't matter to me. Once one went under $400, I was determined to buy it and it happened on black Friday. So I'm like super excited about it. And as you guys could see too, like I've kind of rearranged my room to accommodate my, my setup because with how much bigger this monitor is than my previous monitors, like I didn't have room for my dual monitor display that I used to have. So I kind of rearranged my whole desk swap this room around a little bit and um now i feel like i'm really efficient at podcasting which yeah. is the only thing that i need two monitors for yeah it'll it'll be nice though charlie when we're streaming we had those issues where uh like my obs or something kept crashing when we were trying to do those dual streams on rocket league nice. so and on on top of that uh, i picked up a raspberry pi 3 today and nice, nice. I did it. I did it for kind of a, a silly reason. So to kind of put this all into perspective, another item went on sale on Black or on Cyber Monday. It was the Nighthawk X10 router. I don't know if you guys have looked at this thing at all. Oh yeah, dude, that thing's nuts. It's so, it's so like a, cool, but man, is it expensive? It, yeah. So it's it's like a four hundred and fifty dollar router. There's no reason for a router to be this expensive, except for this one small fact: is that it actually has built-in Plex Media Server support. And I think I've said this before, but I've been in the process over the last year, basically, of ripping in my my entire Blu-ray collection to a hard drive. So what yeah. this router would allow me to do is take an external hard drive, plug it directly into the router, and have a Plex Media Server like in my home without having to have a yeah. computer left turned on. Because I don't like to leave my electronics running, but a router is always on. Yeah. And for a, for a media server, you kind of want it to always be on. Yeah. So that went on sale from $450 down to $280. I'm like, that's yeah. another really good price on this router. So I, I contemplated, I thought about it, I thought about it. It went on sale when I was actually working. And I told myself... If this thing is still here at the end of the day, if nobody comes in and buys it, if nobody orders it online and, you know, does in-store pickup, I'm going to take this thing home with me. Well, work ended and it was gone. Somebody like we had one (laughs) left and somebody bought it. So then I started looking at ideas of how to create an inexpensive Plex media server uh, at my home network. Uh, And like one of the things that I could do is obviously make like a home theater PC, but that does not 
solve the problem that I don't want to leave a computer on all the time. Yeah. So then I saw that it's possible to create a Plex media server with a Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. Albeit there's some things that it can't do. Like it's a, it's a very compared to the I5s and the I7s of the world, it's a very slow processor. Yeah. So, tr- so transcoding those media files is going to be something that it's not going to really do very well, if at all. So I have to kind of work around those things. But yeah, I got, I, I brought it home today. I started getting everything installed. I put, uh, yeah, um, Raspbian or whatever it is on there. Yeah. If, if you want help with that stuff, um, I can help you out. Um, I yeah, I probably need it. Experience. Uh, the other thing you can do is you can also overclock your Raspberry Pi. Um, they, well, they have built-in overclocking stuff in them, and it actually has a pretty good effect on them. Um, Here's my Raspberry Pi for the the viewers at home. Nice. In one of those clear acrylic cases. Nice. Delicious. Nice. So delicious. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, we're here to talk about games, not my electronic <laughs> stuff. Speaking of delicious. <laughs> Ooh. I was hoping you'd take that segue, because I, I was know, going right? to if you didn't. I know, dude. Oh, man. EA, dude. Okay, EA. this is our EA. This is our EA five minutes. We're limiting yeah. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about this forever. We're not. We did. We've done this. But no, yeah. Um, the hypertext in chat. I mean, yeah. Star Wars thing did stem from like that one Reddit comment that like went crazy. Um, I guess after everything, you know, everybody freaking out and uh, speaking out, and <laughs> I guess all the government, um, uh, all, all the government intervention that's trying to happen right now. EA stock has gone down $3 billion. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's crazy. Um, you think it'll be like a wake-up call for them? I mean, I think it already is a wake-up call for them. Um, if you look at... A like, couple hey, of, if you're shitty to consumers, like, they will fuck you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's happening now. I think, and I think uh, what's interesting is, um, you know, they, they pushed everyone so hard that now everybody's on edge. So, you know, this is also spilled over to Destiny and a bunch of other companies. And of course, you have the other side where companies are coming out and they're changing their, they're like changing their games before they even come out. Like, um, what happened with Dauntless? Dauntless removed all the microtransactions for their game or all the loot boxes from their game and said, Hey, look, we're going to have microtransactions because we're a free to play game. No loot boxes, even though we're free to play in our game. You know, if you want to buy something, you know exactly how much it costs. We're going to be upfront. It's going to cost you $5, $10, $20, whatever it is. You want it, you buy it. No, you know, bull crap. You know, regardless so the, of your uh, opinion, no loot the boxes. League of Le- the League of Legends Dota model, basically. Yeah, the one that's fair. The one that I say is a very fair model. I mean, if, if you want me to pay you for something, tell me how much you want. Don't just say, keep handing me money and I'll decide when you get it. Like, no, that's not how this works. Um, Man, it's, I don't know. They they got totally screwed. But in the wake of all this, um, <laughs> they came out today and I guess somebody asked one, uh, I forget the guy's name. They asked one of the higher ups at EA, um, you know, hey, like, what exactly happened with the visceral? Why did you guys shut them down? And he openly said, this is not like um, reading between the lines. He blatantly said, gamers have proven to us that they do not want single player experiences. Therefore, we're no longer making them. And everyone's like, I- What? It's like, a bold-faced fucking lie. What? That is like misleading the market. The biggest complaint about yeah. Titanfall when it came out was that it did not have any sort of campaign. Yeah, you know, exactly. The biggest, complaint, the biggest complaint about Destiny was, the, the original Destiny, was that the single player was so light and there was no like lore found within the game. It was all found through those cards that you had to have an app for. Dude, the biggest complaint about Battlefront, uh, Battle, uh, yeah, Battlefront 1 
was that it had no single player. Yeah. Like they even touted the fact that they got in trouble for the single player and they, they're adding it now. Like they're like, look, you guys wanted it so much. We added it. And now you're saying we don't want it. Like, well, what I, the I hell? understand. I understand. They look at data and they see, Oh man, like our players are only spending 15 hours in single player, but they're spending, you know, 400 hours in multiplayer. It's yeah, like, it's cause your single player is 14 hours long and your multiplayer exactly. is limited. Right, doesn't mean we exactly. don't like it. Like, right. The single, the 14 hours of single player is the, the hook. It's what hooks you into the lore, hooks you into the world, introduces you to the mechanics, gets you introduced, like, gets you introduced and invested in the characters. And then it's like, hey, n- you know what? Now you love Iden Versio. You didn't know who Iden yeah. Versio was. Now you love her and now you get to play as her. Well, guess what? You screwed it up and no one likes Iden Versio, but you know. <laughs> And the thing that sucks too is like arguably one of the best, one of the best, probably the best Star Wars game to date is Knights of the Old Republic, which was a single player RPG, which I'm not sure what Vista oh, yeah. was working on or what form it was going to take. But it was it Uncharted. Form, Star Wars Uncharted. Uncharted. Either way, like, so it's the, maybe it's not an RPG. It's more of an action adventure game. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, it could have been the second best, you know, Star Wars game ever made. Yeah. So, like, I understand, like, it, it's not that people don't want, single player ea just straight up lied i I think this is a a false statement from him it's like hey yeah we're we're shutting it down because it's not going to make us as much money as a game like battlefield would yeah pretty much or well how much battlefield would have yeah it's like well right yeah it's like we mean battlefront but it's like it's like you know battlefront with microtransactions makes us more money therefore it means you like it more what no (laughs) that doesn't make any sense that's you're conflating two very different things um yeah the, I mean, I, ultimately, I, the experiences that I remember the most are not the multiplayer ones. Definitely like not. when I think of when I think of my most memorable games from like 2016, I don't think of Overwatch. I don't think yeah. of like other games. I remember the single player experiences that I had that were really good and, you know, left me feeling very accomplished and sad when I beat the game because I was sad that it was over. Yeah. Like I don't I, yeah. this. I feel like with multiplayer, you're you're you, like yeah. If you have a cool thing that happens when you're playing, you're gonna clip it and you're gonna put it out on social media. Like hell, this was a cool thing that I did. But then once it's happened, once it's publicized on Facebook and Twitter or whatever YouTube, you kind of you're you're now just chasing the next thing. You're now just chasing like the next big play that you make, right? Yeah. But whereas like when you're like you said, Drew, like when you have like this big moment that happens in a game in Uncharted, for example. When I found out that game was going like super like sci-fi alien shit at the end of Uncharted 2, that threw me for a damn loop. Yeah. And like that was a memorable moment from that I still remember from 2009. Yeah. 2008, whenever whenever the game came out. Most so, memorable moment, moment I've ever had my in all my gaming history is the moment I figured out how to get into Hyrule Castle in Link to the Past when I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> I I walked around for like three hours. I like, couldn't figure it out, and I had to ask the kid down the the like the big kid down the road how to get in. Like, <laughs> and he told me like, "Oh, you had to go around. There's like a little secret." I was like, "What?" And I like that was the first video game I'd ever played, and like blew my mind. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. I, I I think yeah. I think when you when you position multiplayer over single player, yeah. when you can have both modes, it just shows. I, I, this might be an overgeneralization, but to me, it just shows a, a bunch of laziness. Yeah, I mean, like, so I guess let me clarify. I don't think a video game must have single player to be good. Like Rocket League is a good example of a game that yeah, doesn't Overwatch need a single player. Yeah, Overwatch is a good player, example. Right? Yeah, it doesn't need a single player. But 
saying that now that being said, if they made a single player in Rocket League with a story, that would be awesome. Or if yeah. they made a single player in Overwatch, holy lord, it'd probably be amazing. Yeah. It'd probably so, be like the best game of 2018. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be great. Like it would be so good. Um yeah, I mean it's like Splatoon. Splatoon doesn't need a single player really, but the single no. player is fun. I mean, is it the greatest thing in the world? No, but I mean it's it's, it's kind of a long tutorial with you get you into the into the characters in the world. The crazy thing about Splatoon is that from a multiplayer third person shooter, it's not really, but like whatever, from a from multiplayer third person shooter, for that to transform into a shooting platformer game when you're playing a single player is kind of amazing in my opinion. Oh yeah, it's it's totally blast and I think does a really good job and it's just like a fun memorable experience and you, you know, beat the final boss it's like wow that was really cool now i can get into this like competitive side of it but like even then um you know splatoon one story spoilers coming up if you don't want you know close your ears whatever um like while i love splatoon the thing i still remember is beating up a giant flying dj octopus like it was freaking awesome like i just remember the whole fight it's like this is so cool um, that in the crazy commercial, because, you know, you're a kid now, you're a squid now, etc. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to approach this from like the other side now. And so EA and Microsoft has said it, too, that, you know, single player experiences are are kind of dying or they think they are. And um, so I hear a lot of people who see a game like Skyrim. That's huge open world. And they're like, man, I just wish that I could explore this kind of thing with my friends and then you get the Elder Scrolls Online announced, right? And Elder <laughs> Scrolls Online comes out, and people are like, what the heck is this? This isn't the Skyrim experience like I wanted. And so like, I feel like gaming companies get confused. But for me, when I think of like a multiplayer game, I don't think of something like an MMO or just like this huge open world thing. I just want a game that can be single-player focused while at the same time, I can throw in like three friends at max maybe and just run around this world and do crap. Like it doesn't have to be a huge multiplayer experience, just something really uh, confined, small, uh, controlled. Yeah. What happened to co-op? Let's bring like cooperative experiences back into the, into the fold. Yeah, man. Like for campaigns, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. Like uh, the last uh, big game uh, that did, it, I think was gears four. Yeah, maybe. Over a year ago, did I don't know? Did I'm, I'm going to assume that Halo Five did not have it, which I think well, uh, Gears Four is newer though, right? So Gears Four is newer, yeah. Yeah, I don't follow Gears at all. Um, Halo Five just screwed a lot of stuff up. That game's still going strong. I just saw some like HLCS uh, stuff recently, Halo League Championship Series. I was like, they're still doing that thing. Good for them, dude. Speak completely random tangent. Um, Speaking of co-op, there's this like sweet indie game on the Switch that's coming like sometime this month where you it's like this crazy like side scrolling beat em up like brawler with beautiful pixel art where everybody plays like an overpowered mage and you just like run around, beat the crap out of stuff. It's four player mm-hmm. co-op. It looks awesome. It's like I mean, our- it's like golden axe, but with mages. It's sweet. That does sound all right. Is it like it sounds like gauntlet ish. Uh, well, it's not gauntletish because it's just side scrolling. At least gotcha. from what I saw, I could be wrong it's, on that. It's extremely flashy, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost it's like a side scrolling beat 'em up. If it was, if the moves and attacks were like pixel art versions of like, um, oh gosh, what's the term that for Bayonetta? The kind of game that Bayonetta is. Oh my I, gosh, I don't know. There's what a they, name what for they it. coined that for. 
too sexy. <laughs> no, there's um. Oh my gosh, I'm sure somebody in chat will know. Spectacle Fighter. There you go. Hmm. It's almost like a it's like a Spectacle Fighter where all your moves just look extra flashy just for the fun of it. So like every attack just has like smoke and lightning shooting everywhere. It looks freaking <laughs> awesome. It looks really cool. Um, but you know what else? You know, you know what isn't cool though? Destiny being stupid. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fight Charlie. <laughs> well, no, they they act, to be fair, they they are fixing this. So like I guess you said that you hadn't you'd somehow not heard of this. So basically, what happened I'm, I'm was too in, I'm too engulfed with playing the game than reading about it. <laughs> so what happened was players discovered that. Uh, as they were playing the game, the amount of experience they got for doing the same things over and over was actually decreasing. Like hmm. they were, they were being told they were given a certain amount, but the bar went up less and less every time. And they're like, "What the heck?" So they started doing calculations, and they found that they actually were. They were be given, they were being given less experience than they were being told. And when they pointed it out, no, hold on. When they pointed it out, the uh, the devs went, "Oh yeah, whoops." And then they and then they said, "Hey, we're sorry. We fixed it." And um like like you know, we we hear you. We understand you don't like it. We're we're changing. They changed it. Comes out, yeah. You do now get the amount of experience you were, you were told you were being given, but everything now costs twice as much experience as it did before. They doubled the experience caps on everything or the experience hmm. requirements because they were basically trying to make it take longer to get brighting rooms. Um and they gotcha. they owned up to it. They completely owned up to it that, yes, this is what we're doing. And needless to say, people were freaking pissed. It's weird, though, because like I, I I mean, I played that game on PS4 for like, I don't know, 50 hours. And this is probably people that have played much longer than I have. And I've played so far on PC for like 45. But all I know is that your first three levels after the weekly reset, you get triple experience. Yeah. Uh, so you level up and you get those bright engrams faster than you would after that. Yeah, but then yeah, it's a grind to get get the XP yeah. required to get the next bright engram. But I mean, that makes sense. It's bright engrams are cosmetic items, yep. and you're not getting like actual you know weapons and stuff for armor out of out of there. Yeah, and they want you to buy their stuff. Like I like I get that. I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I am kind of defending it. Yeah, you are. But but if if I, Destiny if if Destiny is going to continue to provide free updates um which they haven't you done have to, yet with, don't you have to pay for the expansion well so expansions yes so but that's not they free updates do, no like, <laughs> you're, not letting me, you're not letting me finish so in destiny one what they had eventually done was they did like events where there was yeah. like special things that you could do they'd release you know new gear um things that you could collect basically in the game emotes stuff like that that you would be able to earn through game and if if they are using that to fund more stuff like that in Destiny 2, then I don't have a problem with that. Also, we all know video games are a lot more expensive to, the, to make than they were 10 years ago when games first became $60. I I would be care, I'd be careful saying that because actually there's a lot of information coming out that actually says the opposite. I per, mean, okay, so per if, hour of development time, it's actually gone down every year since video games started being a thing. However, companies are making the conscious choice to make massive, massive teams of developers. Um, and th that's basically a company's choice, right? So uh, the other end of the argument is look at someone, something like Hellblade, a game that looks like it was made by a team the size of Battlefront 2's team, but it was made by 20 people 
And at 500,000 sales, they made all their money back and they sold the game for 30 bucks. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about revenue versus the amount yeah. of people working on it. I'm just talking about, uh, 25 years ago when a link yeah. to the past came out. I mean, how much do you think a game like that costs to make? I mean, I have no idea. Five million bucks, 10 million bucks. And now you're talking about, now you're talking about games like, destiny 2 that are over a hundred million dollars to make yeah but see that that's the argument is that they're they are the ones that's making it cost a hundred million dollars to make like they don't actually have to spend that much money on them they spend a ton of money on insane amounts of time on voice acting and all the stuff that the only reason people expect it at this point is because they've been being given it and it's sort of like they dug they dug themselves into this hole and it seems the only way to get themselves out of it is to either change the fans expectations or rip everybody off right so it's it they're kind of screwed well okay the other option is they continue to charge charge up charge for updates in games or at least charge for microtransactions but make them blatantly uh, like make it a microtransaction where you can purchase specifically an item not a loot box right, right? which is a which is a conversation that we keep having over and over again yeah but regardless, but yeah. this is the, this is the way that Destiny decided to go with their form of microtransaction, yeah, to fund this two hundred million dollar game or however much it costs to make it. Probably not that much, given that the core tech was already there from Destiny One. But that first game, I remember, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing uh, some figure that the game was like two hundred and fifty million dollars or five hundred million dollars between its uh, production and marketing budget. Uh, it it cost them 500 million to develop and promote the first game. So I, I mean, that's, that's their own game. fault. That's their own fault. They had a yeah. team of probably 400 people working on that game and they paid a crap load of money for, um, advertising. Like Nathan Fillion and well, well yeah, Wallace, that didn't help them. Lance um, Reddick and yeah. Tyrion Lannister. So I guess what I will say though is so basically after all this happened, right? Everyone got really angry. Everybody, um, obviously pushed back on destiny a lot and this was in the wake of of the whole battlefront 2 thing so they did the smart thing at, at, well okay after they after they lied to everybody's face and said we fixed it and then they got caught they were like oh crap this isn't gonna work they're out for blood they turned around and went all right we need to actually fix this crap they put on an update today and i the thing that i'm having trouble finding in this is i don't really see a solution for what people are we're talking about but i do see some good changes in here that i think i hope other companies do for example um one of the big things is they're adding armor ornaments which grant visual differences to armor that you can only get by completing specific challenges in game you can't buy them there's no loot box it is an achievement system that says hey I look cool because I did something cool. And if you want to do it, you have to do it too. That's pretty sweet. Which is like what I've been those. saying forever. It's like Well, that's that's weird because every weapon ornament that I've earned so far has been through a bright engram. What do you say? Every bright every weapon ornament that I've earned in that game thus far has been through bright engrams. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying is they are now they are now adding them in the game as challenges as well. Probably because people are complaining that there's not enough shit to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, they also added a new weapon tier called Masterwork Weapons, which is pretty cool. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. Be, they feature, they have stat trackers built in, and they have random rerollable stat bonuses, unique item tooltips, and item detail screens. 
Um, and the way it works is, is you can actually, uh, like whenever you get these weapons, you can then do challenges to re-roll the stats on your weapons until you get better ones. You don't have to like get Ingram's all this craziness. Um, they improve vendor rewards, basically allowing you to purchase a bunch of items that you normally get in bright Ingram's or I, I was told they're from bright Ingram's, but I'm not sure. Um, uh, it basically allows you to purchase items directly with legendary shards and tokens. Um, so are these supposed to be better than exotics? Masterworks? Yes. Wow. From what I understand, okay. it is a new tier. Huh. Supposedly a better tier? I don't know. You can tell me how the stats are. Uriel's Gift, uh, 300 attack? Uh, Uriel's Gift is a... Is okay, well, maybe game now. Is... I wonder if there's a Masterworks version yes, of that it's same m- weapon. Masterworks weapon, 300 attack, 10 reload speed. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I think they all have 300 attack when you max max out the level yeah, one weapons. Th- yeah, they have, they have th- oh, yeah, they have a few advantages over baseline legendary weapons. You can track and okay. display the number of kills with a weapon, generate orbs for you and your allies on multi-kill. Oh, wow. Add weapon stat bonuses that are selected randomly from a small pool and are re-rollable. So that's that's what's different. So what was the first thing you said? Track and display the number of kills with the weapon. So that doesn't happen now. What was the last thing that you said? The last thing? Add weapon stat bonuses that are selected randomly. Yeah, which that you can't re-roll in like Destiny right now. You can re-roll um, the stats. And you can re-roll these, you're saying. And then also like generating orbs is hugely crucial for like the raid because when you generate an orb it actually an orb is actually uh one of the ways that you can Whoa, power up power up is, your uh your super that's actually pretty cool unwanted masterworks can be dismantled into materials that you can use to upgrade an existing legendary into a masterwork okay that is super that's pretty rad cool. so yeah. I, I think they're making some cool changes to the game that i think will probably there's a lot more here that i encourage anyone that's interested to look into um, but they, they seem to be trying to reach out and do something, but I'm not sure if it's helping. Honestly, I'm not part of the community. That's, I'm sure people will talk about it tomorrow, see how people reacted. Um, let's see here. There, there's definitely a lot. Um, yeah. So I guess let's see something. There was one other thing I think that I saw. Yeah. They're, they're also talking about new raids and stuff. They're adding new tiers of raids, like heroic raids and stuff. This is all set to go live December 5th when the DLC comes out? I think there's December and January updates they're talking about here. Okay. Um, but yeah. On on a completely different note, the a somewhat funny note, actually. Well, I guess a reinforcing a funny note. Um, the PSX livestream schedule got, got announced. And like they they blatantly say though PlayStation's biggest 2017 announcements were revealed at E3 and Paris Games Week. We've saved a few stocking stuffers for the show. So they like they straight up said, like, eh, PSX is gonna be pretty lame this year, guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, and they're like, oh, but kind of funny is Greg Miller stopping by. It's like, yeah, no, you made a mistake by doing that, honestly. I think yeah. I think this is all the comb like this big letdown that they're because I mean, there are people that paid like a hundred, you know, like hundreds of dollars to go to this thing and they're gonna get nothing for it. Do you guys feel like PlayStation's kind of shuddering this year? Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I was saying. Like, I think the problem they're running into is, and they even said this themselves because somebody asked them, um, like, hey, how come you guys waited so long to show Ghost of Tsushima if it's coming out next year, like the beginning of the year? And they're like, oh, well, 
we feel that we may have shown off games way too early in their development. It's like, no shit. Uh, they, they dug the hole because they felt like they needed to like, you know, have all these big announcements last year. And they just completely came out of the gate and or two years in a row, really, they had some pretty good announcements. And then now they're like, well, we blew everything. Like they're not getting anything this year, which honestly this year would be, would have been a really good year to have some big bombs. Cause you know, they have there, there's, you know, two big consoles that came out this year that are competition for them technically. Yeah. So like as much as, you know, you can argue whether or not the switch is really competition for the other two, but it's still money out of people's wallet. Yeah, it is at the end of the day. So it's like this year would have been a good year for them to do something like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. like, come on, even Xbox who doesn't even have actual exclusive games had a better E3 than you. <laughs> like, it, it's not that E3 was bad. Like, it's not that they didn't show anything. It was just they didn't show anything we didn't know about other than Monster Hunter. And while I thought it was a pretty cool reveal, as much as I have my own qualms with it, like, what I've heard from a lot of people, like, uh, like I like I watch Kind of Funny and stuff like that sometimes. And when they were talking about it, it was like, yeah, I mean, they showed Monster Hunter, but let's be honest, barely anybody cares about Monster Hunter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it just has a a small impact there, right? Spider Man has a much wider like audience that it caters to, but they already announced the thing, so it didn't like it didn't really have a real good punch for people. Speaking of Spider Man, did you guys see that Infinity War uh, trailer this morning? Oh, I haven't boy. I haven't seen it yet. So oh, good. Charlie, you gotta watch it. I dude. heard it's really good. God, my Spider-Man pants got so tight. Spider-Man's suit looks amazing, dude. Yeah, oh, he has a new suit. Cool. So cool. Uh, have you guys seen Thor two yet? Or not I Thor two? I did. Or the newest one. Ragnarok. Have you seen yeah. Thor two or Thor three? So the question. You haven't so seen Dark Price. World? Oh, dude. Yeah, I I did see Ragnarok. I really liked it. It was like once a. I get, once I get this media server up and running, Drew, I'm gonna have to send you a link to it. That way you can watch Thor. I'm down. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok is like a four X Hulk like road trip movie. It kind of is. It was a good time, though. I liked the movie a lot. Dude, I had a lot of fun with that movie. It's not a serious movie at all, and that's like why it's probably one of my favorites to come out in a while, because it didn't take itself seriously. I think yeah. that, I think that's a good juxtaposition to have before, you know, showing off the Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, you know, the Infinity War trailer. There you go. You know what else doesn't take itself seriously? What up? Mario Serial. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let me find a picture of it. So, if you guys haven't heard, uh, it, apparently it appears that Nintendo is going to be partnering with Kellogg's, I believe, mm-hmm. to produce some Super Mario cereal, which is basically yeah. just Lucky Charms, it looks like to me. I'm so uh, hyped, dude. I don't <laughs> even know why, but I am so hyped. With built-in Amiibo support. I don't understand this. It's just like the box has a little amiibo chip in it, and when you tap it, it does the same thing that Mario does. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Are there going to be different Marios? Because as far as we know, there's one. I don't really. Uh, all we know is that it was it was legit confirmed today by Kellogg's. Okay. Via Twitter, I, <laughs> I believe the amiibo does have its like um, own special dialogue when you use it with uh, Uncle Amiibo. From what I hear, oh, gotcha, he says okay. it's a delicious amiibo. <laughs> so. Yeah. This is a tasty treat. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'll try it out. I I have a feeling it's going to taste just like Lucky Charms, though. It's got the marshmallows and it's got like the the grain cereal stuff in it that you get out of that same, you know, brand. So, 
Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I haven't had a bowl of cereal in like nigh on six months now, so I'm maybe I'm just really excited for cereal. Yeah, I uh, I haven't had some cereal in a hot minute. Oh gosh, get away from me! There's I'm waiting. A moth flying around my room. I'm waiting for people to scalp cereal. <laughs> Start scalping amiibo cereal. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, my the- gosh, this shit goes in the black market for real good, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, Vic is gonna go in and buy like 500 boxes <laughs> and sell them for 20 bucks a pop on Amazon. Dude, if he if he gets into the like if he gets into like the black market cereal trading business, I've lost all respect that I've had for him. No, I I asked him. I was like, "Are you going to scalp those cereal boxes?" And he legitimately responded in all caps, like, "Wait, do you think I should?" I was like, "Wait, (laughs) what?" (laughs) Oh my god, it was funny. (laughs) I was like, "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't scalp anything, especially not cereal." Yeah, if if Nintendo manufacturers or if Kellogg's manufacturers manufacturers, I'm making up words tonight. If Nintendo or God damn it, I'm, let's move on. This is <laughs> All right, well, pod, this is kind of how last week's episode ended. <laughs> yeah, dude. Go on. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of some weird stuff, there was like this really interesting rumor. Um, it's not really a rumor. It's just a, something somebody noticed where on uh, in the Explorer's Guide that you get with the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Explorer's Edition, it specifically says like it's it talks about the DLC and it, but it doesn't call it the DLC. It calls it the first two DLC packs. The first two. So now everybody's like, does that mean there's going to be a three and a four? Is that is that a thing that's going to happen? And I don't know. I mean, I figured I'd just get you guys, you guys' opinion on it. Like, I don't think it's going to happen because I feel, I mean, it, it could. I mean, but it, it really depends on, I don't know, man. It'd have to be something really big because if they just keep nickel and diming people, they're going to get angry people. I don't know, dude. 20 bucks for two DLC packs is kind of a fair ask, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you, but the problem is 90% of or 100% of what we know in the DLC packs currently have always been added into previous games for free. Yeah, so, and I think that was the main that was the main issue that I had or have with the current DLC model yeah. is that like they're like okay you get two DLC packs for 20 bucks and that's like oh that's a pretty good deal but then the first DLC pack is kind of just like eh you know like i we don't know anything about DLC 2 really um, yeah like part of me wonders if what they did was they knew DLC 2 was going to take a really really long time and so they released it and then they decided hey you know we have some other content in Zelda that isn't ready yet. So let's bundle that into the second deal or into the DLC to make it feel to, to like make the investment more worth it, quote unquote to you. Right. While we work on this DLC, like, like I almost feel like this second DLC might be big enough that it's worth $20 on its own. And that moving this content over was just their way of like tidying people over. But I think it had the alternate effect of kind of just making people upset. Um, I do have to wonder, though, if there is more DLC coming, um, then is this going to be them kind of bridging the gap um, between the Zelda titles like more like is the main Zelda dev team going to move on to work on the next Zelda and like the side team keeps working on DLC for Breath of the Wild to kind of make it feel like there's more Zelda than there actually is. I yeah. I don't know if it's going to be bridging the gap because let's let's play a couple hypotheticals here. Let's hypothetically say that this was a misprint or at least 
that's not what they meant that there's not more dlc yeah. coming i, I don't think so, so let's so let's suppose for a second that like this is the last dlc pack that we're getting and it's coming out nine months after the game originally releases so december or whatever bridging a gap between zelda games well zelda games historically at least in the last 15 years um have taken a good four to five year development cycle to to make right if you go back to like Twilight Princess, you yeah, know, between, from Wind Waker. Yeah, between so, big games, yeah. So yeah, like I mean we had I'm trying let me just try to go over some chronology real quick. Ocarina of Time was ninety eight, Majora's Mask was two thousand, and then Wind Waker was two thousand two. And then we didn't get Twilight Princess until oh six. We didn't get Skyward Sword until two thousand eleven, and we did not get um uh, Breath of the Wild until 2017. So yeah. keep that in mind. So it, I mean, oh, I yeah, think totally. it's going to be at least four years before we get our next big Zelda game. Well, so, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree there. I just, I didn't mean necessarily in like a big Zelda title respect. I mean, like they want to have more Zelda, like let's say every year, every two years, then they mm-hmm. have more DLC, and then they have like Skyward Sword. HD remaster. Oh, please, 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 please. And then please. they have a then they have a 2D like or top down view classic style Zelda game for the Switch or the 4DS. Uh, I don't know. Um, just something because Phantom Hourglass too. Yeah, dude. I would actually. That'd, that'd be, be okay. awful. You'd be the one person in the world who'd want that. Hey, I my my guilty Zelda pleasures are Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. My okay, guilt, games. My guilty Zelda pleasures are liking good games. <laughs> but let's say, like, okay, I don't think it's far fetched though that we get uh, that we yeah. get more Zelda DLC. I don't so, think it's far fetched. I just don't think it's going to happen. So what are we getting? We're getting we're getting a, a DLC here soon within the next. I mean, it's got to be within the next thirty three days. Yeah, because uh, they said it's coming out this this year, um, and we know that it's about about the champions, right? Yeah, yeah, we know it's about the champions. So, what we don't yeah. know though is who's going to be your playable character. Is this going to be? We know for a is fact. It, is, it's Link now. Okay, so we yeah, know that confirmed. So is it pre? It, well, it's got to be Do pre. Well, it's got to be before everybody freaking died. Well, right? well what they it, did say is it's post it. The story, or you play as Link post story. I think they said, but that's not to say there isn't flashbacks. Right, or you're playing in a in a, and, in a memory or something. I mean, right. there's always like a weird cho- chance that like you're running around and you have like the spirit of your old friend running around with you doing something. Like, I mean, because they were able to interact and control stuff. I mean, they have some how, sort of interactivity in the world. Or something how crazy like Wind would Waker. it be? Like, I don't know. Like we. <laughs> We've talked about yeah we we talked about the story and how it kind of just fell flat a little bit in Breath of the Wild uh, yeah. for 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 some people, uh, but what if Zelda didn't tap her power until like right before the calamity like overtook Hyrule? Yeah. What if what if some of her untapped power is like resurrecting these old these old guardians or these old champions? That would feel and really weird. It would feel weird, and like there wouldn't feel like there was any context for it. Unless they provide, like, I don't know, 30 hours worth of story beats to make that make yeah. sense. And on top of that, that'd be amazing. And on top that of that, would be worth $20. If, if he resurrect, if, if Zelda was able to resurrect these champions, then I completely agree with Susan in chat where she says, let Link marry Mifa. Please, <laughs> God, let that happen. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
I mean, dude, she like made you armor that specifically fits your body because she knew you. Like, dude, it's she. She and made she, you. They a, make it for their husbands. Yeah, like she made you a wedding ring in the form of armor. Let you. Spoiler alert. Beep beep beep. Swim up waterfalls, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> Dude, you, you know what cutscene just like broke my heart? The it's right before Calamity Ganon attacks, and Mifa's like, you know, when I need to focus, I just think about you know Link, and she's talking about Link, and I was just like, oh, oh no, this is just this is so sad. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <sighs> so, I, I that being said, if we were to get new Zelda DLC post DLC pack two, what would those stories look like? What would if it was story DLC, what would that look like? Keep in mind, Link is now a girl. Yay! Yeah, I'm just kidding. Don't yeah. ever do that. That'd be awful. Um, <laughs> Keep in mind, like with DLC, it's kind now. of hard for people who don't play DLC to look at that stuff as canon or canonical because let's say the next game comes out and let's say this has never really happened before other than with Majora's Mask and, and Ocarina of Time. But let's say the next next Zelda game is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. Can you take into account the stuff that happens in DLC? Wait, that's not Can true. You exp- just, just pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm correct here. <laughs> we're All right. We're gonna have to pretend. Yeah, we're gonna have to pretend because you're wrong. Anyway, continue. <laughs> what other games? Phantom Hourglass is a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Okay, you're right. Yes, I know. Wait, to to Wind Waker. Okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. The point oh, sorry, is, not, is it Phantom Hourglass? No, I'm thinking uh, Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks. Spirit, Spirit Tracks is 100 years after Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. You're 100 years after Phantom Hourglass. Listen, uh, all right. <laughs> that being said, I guess it's a two-part question. What story would you guys like to see? And the second part of that question is, I don't know, uh, can they use that as canon in the event that a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild happens, or they use it in, in Zelda lore? Moving okay. Forward. Okay. Okay. Ganon comes back and it's like, dude, you know what? You know, I said I didn't want a body. Screw that. I want a body now. And he's like this ripped, sexy, badass Ganondorf. And yeah. he has a sweet Gerudo Valley remix theme because they didn't give us yeah. one of the game. It was bullshit. He's yeah. riding around in the black. He's like literally surfing on his black steed through the desert sands, all like billowing yeah. up in craziness. And then yeah, you get dude. this crazy fight and Zelda's on the back of the horse, yeah. but he shoots her and she freaking uh-huh. dies, which <laughs> nobody cares about. Yeah. And then Mifa comes up and beats the crap out of him. Then you oh, get married yeah, awesome. and you have cool little half fish babies. And then uh-huh. after that, you get to run around and everybody in the world like reacts because like, oh, you're the hero and Zelda died and no one cares. But hey, Mifa's great. And like, she's a princess now because I mean, why not? Right. That's what I that's awesome. Man. I paid five hundred dollars for that game. I, I I I would spend an exorbitant amount of money. I'd for pay five hundred dollars uh, for that game right now. <laughs> uh, Seven million two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I I pay for that fanfic. Write it and I'll buy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh no. Um, o- OC, do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> it's going up on the internet. It's this is basically like sending yourself certified mail. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's trademarked right here. Switchcore trademark. <laughs> Um, oh man, you know, I mean, if, you, it, go ahead. Uh, well, I don't know. I, mm, uh, mm, yeah, let's make that happen. <laughs> Drew, what, what about what would you do? Now, what would Our, you do? What would you want? <laughs> we know what Charlie would do. I don't know if that I, if, if he gave me a reasonable expectation of something that he wants. Um, man, I just want to, I just want a satisfying 
final final boss. Yep. Like that's my that's my big thing. I don't care how they do it necessarily, or I don't even care if it's Ganon or not. Like bring back Vasi for whatever. I don't care. I just want it to be a I just wanted to be a fight where I beat it and I'm like, okay, that like exceeded my expectations because like it I love Breath of the Wild and like I thought the first part of the Ganon fight was cool, but the second half was like I, I thought it was gonna be this intermission between the first and the third parts, but then it ended and I was like, Well that was dumb. Why is it over? Yeah. The the way Breath of the Wild started, I, I don't know if I've ever said this before. Breath of the Wild had a very good chance to be the most the most perfect game ever made. Dude, and that, it felt and, it, and that it game, felt really flat. Yeah, like to the to the point where Mario Odyssey is a more I'm using this word kind of weird, but it's a more perfect game than Zelda. I don't disagree with that. Like the thing that's funny is every Zelda game, like Zelda games are notorious for having really bad beginnings, like having really really long start times, like Fan, uh, uh, Wind Waker's really bad about it. Ocarina of Time's really about, bad about it. Twilight, Twilight Princess is awful about it. They're all terrible about it. And Breath of the Wild's like, the beginning of the game is the best part of the whole game. Yeah. Like, it, you walk out, and it's just like, boom, game start, go. Oh, there's like, it, the, the Bacoblins are actually challenging and kind of scary. It's it's interesting. Like, yeah. the, there's actually some fear to fighting enemies in the game. And then, you know, five minutes later, you're just destroying everything. It's like, well, then they're not all the challenge. Um, I don't know, man, but you know, I think, I think if they were going to talk about, you know, new DLC existing, it would be in the rumored Nintendo direct. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We got direct rumors. So So it's the same as always, right? Uh, direct slot opened up on the website and this has been proven right. Like what? Three or four times now, dude, since like, (laughs) since like the switch announcement. Like, like twelve times, like twelve. Okay, three, four, three, four times three, twelve. There we go. Yeah, I mean, um, every direct. I mean, well, let's. I mean, the Fire Emblem direct was predicted that way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight times. It's been proven right. So yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So anyway, if you if you don't understand this list of of directs, it, there is always. There, like there's always a direct here right um on the bottom right over here on the screen um what happens is they will delete the the i guess the farthest direct into the past um whenever a new one is coming up because they need space for it and they they always do it before the direct gets announced um there's never really been consistent timing for it but it's usually within like a month or two usually within like a month and a half ish and definitely um, which, within a month of of an expected release. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, for this, um, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that this space is for the January direct. Um, because we've already had a full Xenoblade direct. I mean, they're not going to do another Xenoblade direct. Well, no, but it could be a it could be a Breath of the Wild DLC pack two oh, direct, right? Looks like we're lost. There we go. Um, I mean, it could, yeah, but I. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, it's not impossible. Sure. Um, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't be the first time they made like a five minute direct, you know, see animal crossing mobile direct. Yeah. I mean, 
or like I said, maybe this DLC pack is a lot bigger than anybody expects. Maybe it's yeah. a 12 hour experience or sorry, yeah. not 12 hours. That wouldn't be that great, but like a 30 hour experience. That, dude, how cool to be if like they kind of tease the, they tease the stuff at the game awards. And then like at the end of the game awards, it just goes right into a Nintendo direct. What if, what if this was DLC pack two guys? I'm going to go back to this for a second. Okay. What if DLC pack two was, Hey, you have to play through the entire game again. No. No, listen. You have to fight Ganon again. No. But now... But he now he has three his, forms? Now he takes on his final form of Ganondorf. I'll do it. I'll do and it. That's it. I'm in. That's I'm in. It. But you that's have to <laughs> replay the whole game. I'll you do have it. To replay I'm the whole, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm down. The game's easy as shit. I'll get through it in like three hours and I'll just beat the final oh, boss. Oh, get like, out wow, of here. Good ending. <laughs> I, I take it you haven't played. Well, no, you haven't. I know you haven't played Master Mode because you haven't bought the DLC. Yeah, um, I know how hard they it is. Do a, I watched Susan do it. Yeah, they do a lot of cool things. Um, yeah, spoilers if anyone doesn't want to know. The Guardians will actually fake you out. Like yeah. they'll start to do their lasers, and then like it'll look like they're about to shoot, and then they don't, and then they like wait like a variable amount of time, and then they shoot you. So like if you're trying to do shield parries, it's really kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and just to address questions in the chat um, about 2018 stuff like Kirby, uh, we already know for a fact uh, from Nintendo themselves that they will not be discussing any 2018 games until after the holiday season, which is why it, what's going to happen, I guarantee you, is there's going to be a direct in January and they're going to be like, hey, this is when Yoshi comes out. It's like February. This is when you, this is when Kirby comes out. It's like March. Don't this is when Fire Emblem. Yeah, this is when Fire Emblem comes out. It's like may what may like yeah they're gonna it's gonna be packed like crazy which to be fair i mean what are they gonna release in january they got they're gonna drop something or someone's gonna drop something Um, they've uh, constructed a story about my life um a video game story about my life yeah dude my life is real interesting about all the stupid stuff that i buy (laughs) what i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a mix of like that plus uh mom's hid my video game system. Isn't that a game that's coming out yes, or something? Is. Or has that, come that, out? That okay. is an indie game and it looks really dumb. I, yeah. that's I played those... the phone version. It's really? on like the Android app store. Um, yeah, it's very uh, it's very badly translated. Um, hmm. But overall, the puzzles are kind of uh, they're more charming than you think they would be. But if the game is sold for anything more than $5 then you're totally getting ripped off. Yeah. So, so wait, did you guys say what you thought was going to be in this direct if it happens? In this, if it happens in December? Yeah. If it happens in December, it'll just be a, it'll be, okay, it'll probably be a Zelda direct and maybe, maybe a um, Fire Emblem Warriors direct because there ah, is Fire yeah. Emblem Warriors DLC that is s- scheduled to come out in December. We have no idea what it is. Not That's that right. I would ever buy that game or the DLC, but I'm sure there's five people that care. My prediction would be it'd be like a 15-minute thing. They go over Zelda. They talk about Payday 2 and like a couple other things. And this would be like, I don't know, the December. Yeah, I'm not sure if they do it like right before the Game Awards or just after the Game Awards. But anyway, some, sometime early December, if anything. Dude, okay. I mean, we're only on. a few days away from December at this point. In before, in before... They come out and they give you, they give us like a 30 minute direct. They talk about DLC stuff. And then they're just like, by the way, here's a bunch of themes coming. 
Here's Netflix coming. Like oh, they yeah. just drop a whole bunch of random yeah. junk. I forgot about console. that rumor. Oh, yeah. Stop. There, there, Don't play there, with my heart. Yeah, there is a rumor that. Okay, so it's kind of a dual rumor. It's a rumor that Metroid Prime Four is going to get shown off. Uh, Metroid Prime Four footage will get shown off in January. They're not saying it comes out next year, but they're saying the first bit of footage will be at their big event in January. Um, but coupled with that, he said that also Christmas morning there's going to be a new theme added to the Switch. Or new themes added to the Switch. So, the thing is, it depends on which one, it depends on which one you're more excited for, right? If you're excited for new themes, all you gotta do is, you know, wait till Christmas and find out what's going on. The other good news is that if you, if you're more excited for Metroid footage, you just gotta wait till Christmas, and if there's no themes, then that guy's probably super wrong, and you know, not happening. Um, oh, man. It's a it's a funny it's a funny rumor. I don't necessarily believe it. It just be. I'm getting it. I'm getting more more and more excited for January. Dude, me too. I I've, I've been hyped since last January. I'm <laughs> so you want me to blow money on microtransactions? Give me Switch themes. Like yeah, dude. Seriously, seriously. I'll, I'll do it too. I'll do things I should not be doing. Um, what's up? I don't know. I things that you shouldn't <laughs> be doing. I don't. Well, what are you talking about? I'll start don't selling selling crack for microtransactions. Nice. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, to be fair, they could do anything with the amount of money they're making, you know, based on the media create numbers. Oh, media create. I uh, have <laughs> that. I have that pulled up. Yeah, dude. I have that pulled up. Let's, yeah. let's, let's wrap. Let's wrap a little bit. Well, what's, so I guess, first of all, software sales wise, what's super interesting is that Pokemon Sun and uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are selling like really, really well. Um, it looks like, at least in Japan, uh, I, I could be wrong on this. Maybe, maybe, you know, uh, uh, Drew, gosh, I probably do. <laughs> um, I, I've actually heard that it's that ultra sun and ultra moon are selling better in Japan than sun and moon did. Um, at least ter- in terms of speed, which is pretty interesting. And I am not sure. I bet. I think it sold like over a million copies in Japan alone, like really, really quickly. Sun and Ultra um, Sun and Ultra Moon? I think so. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is currently 836,000. Really? I could have yeah. sworn. Um, but what's I'm interesting gonna... is that last uh, last week, though, when Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out, in its first week, it already surpassed all of the copies that Super Mario Odyssey has sold so far. Like, that's how well Pokemon sells there. It's crazy. Um, wow. You know what else is crazy? What up? I mean, I, I know you guys always tell me Splatoon does really well in Japan. Splatoon does really well in Japan. I'm like looking at these numbers. One yeah. point, almost 1.4 million? Yeah, dude. That's ridiculous. That's That's got to be like a huge attach rate. That's got to be close yeah. to 75%. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. So these are all these are all just in Japan? I believe so. It's oh, Japan. You know what? Um, You might be right, Drew, because... I forgot. Were you looking at only digital or no, no, no. I was looking at the Ultra Sun slash Ultra Moon single sales, and and oh, they have okay. the they have the double pack separate. So yeah, yeah. I think it did break a. I think it just barely broke a million. Yeah, it's like one point. Maybe. Yeah, I think it like one. just barely. It was. I, I it, like it was like super close to a million. Whether it was under or over, I don't know. Uh, it like, looks like it's about one point two, or one point one. Yeah, one point one million. Yeah. Um. But dude, the like the hardware or the hardware sales are freaking ridiculous. Like yeah. it sold one hundred and forty five thousand units last last week. 
Wait, I don't see anywhere in this that it's just... Okay, never mind. It says Japan right there. <laughs> so yeah, they it's were... crazy because I'm looking at Star Wars Battlefront 2 and it only sold like 49,000 in Japan. Yeah, that's total. Which in, in its... Yeah, so in its first week uh, with Battlefront 1, they sold like 130... You know, it's like almost 140,000 in its first week uh, with, the, with the last game. But this game, they sold only like 39,000. It was like a hundred thousand unit drop, which is like absurd, like just absolutely absurd. Um, but yeah, dude, like, so the Switch sold like freaking gangbusters last week. Oh my gosh, really? Like, though? like one hundred forty five thousand units last week, whereas the PS4 was actually you know on sale. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, and it sold ridiculous. it sold like like a eighth of what the Switch sold. Yeah, I mean it's absurd. Um, and hey, Xbox One X, 200 units, man. Yeah. Cranking them out. Cranking yeah, them out. Have, that means they have 201 units total of Xboxes in Japan now. They only <laughs> sold one Xbox One. I, I swear they're only selling those because they have like little kids with sad faces selling them door to door. Please, sir. This will pay for my medicine. I don't know why I gave him that, that voice. Yeah, that was at weird. Le- <laughs> at least I wasn't. Yeah. Please, sir, fine. pay for my porridge. <laughs> Someone's like, all right, I guess. I mean, 4K, whatever. Oh um, man. No, dude. Like, so it sold a crazy, crazy, crazy well in Japan, which is really good. But it sold even better in the rest of the world. Because so a little background. Um, Adobe has this Adobe, the people that make Photoshop, they yeah. have this like weird service now where or apparently I've done it for a while, actually, but they'll basically hit like 4,500 retail websites. Um, and like, well, they, they, they pull websites and, and apparently have some other like physical stuff, uh, or like they actually look at physical sales in stores as well. Um, and they'll track sales data for companies. They'll do like a bunch of analytics for companies and they're super smart because the way they, the way they market it is they do it that they, they use this service to monitor all the sales for black Friday and they make it public. And so they're, they have like the best information for black Friday sales every year. And everyone's like, whoa, dude, these are really cool charts. How do we get this for our business? And it's like, well, here's the link to buy it. So it's a totally good sales like sales tool on their end. But so they have all these crazy, um, awesome visualizations for sales. Um, and they have a lot of cool insight. But what's nuts is when you look at how well or just in general what sold. Um, so like it says like so it has some different stats. It says like what's the top five selling items on the 11th, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 27th. Why the 11th? I don't know. Um, Veterans Day. I don't know. Stuff sells on Veterans Day. Oh, yeah. Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it, it was like AirPods, Samsung tablets, hatchables and collectibles. Which is, oh, my God. But Switch was number four on Veterans Day. On the 22nd, Switch was number three. And Mario Odyssey was five. Again, PS4 and Xbox, not anywhere in there. On the 23rd, which was Thanksgiving, Nintendo Switch was number one. Chromecast, Roku, some masks for some reason, and some hashable stuff. But Switch was number one. No PS4 or Xbox anywhere. Black Friday, Nintendo Switch, no PS4 or Xbox on the top in the top five selling items. Um, Small Business Saturday is apparently a holiday I did not know about. Um, Chromecast... PJ Mask and Xbox One actually Xbox One X 
was number three, was the third best selling product, and Switch was number four on the 25th. And then on hey man, gotta buy those Xbox One X's yeah. for your small business. <laughs> well, no, I think it's small business sales or what happens those days. I'm not sure. Um, and then on Cyber Monday, Nintendo Switch again was number one. And again, PS4 is not on the list. Through all this holiday, PS4 sales, despite being absurdly cheap, the, the PS4 sales really weren't that great. Yeah, I mean, PS4's uh, price was down to two, or sorry, one ninety nine. The Xbox One was down to one eighty nine, and the PS4 Pro, uh, at least at Best Buy, anecdotal, uh, was down to down fifty bucks, so down to three fifty. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, here's the thing: like people talk about, oh, power is important, power, blah blah blah. It's like you're telling me. That you could have bought this Nintendo Switch, which is relatively underpowered compared to the other two platforms. Yeah. Or you could buy this 4.2 teraflop PS4 for uh, PS4 Pro for just $50 more. Yeah. Yet, yet people are still buying Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I mean, it's it has a lot to do with marketing. It has a lot to do with the fact that it's a brand new product. It has a lot to do yeah. with the fact that it's just a sexy device that you take on the go that... I mean, you know, there's a lot of factors there, right? I mean, obviously within... Certain sectors of the gaming community, people have preferences. To, uh, you know, they, they they prefer more powerful hardware and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, what catches on with the average consumer is quite different. And because the average person isn't like, oh, well, the teraflops of this make it a better deal. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Um, I'll give you some teraflops. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, it's. I don't know it's super interesting to look at the numbers though. It's like, really? Because then, of course, people on Reddit are like, well, anecdotally, where I was at, I saw a, a pile of switches and they were out of PS4s. It's like, yeah, that's your store. You like, act like those people on Reddit know oh, no, how to use totally. the word anecdotal in a sentence. Oh, yeah, no. They didn't say anecdotally. They said that. And then I was like, your anecdote is interesting. Because, like, obviously, it was going to happen, right? I mean, $200 PS4s, they're going to sell well. But I mean, the, the question I have is like, is there a chance that they didn't have good like stock around the world? But I figured they had like crazy good stock around nowadays for the switch. Uh, no, no. For the PS4. Oh dude. Like, I mean, you guys, I, I kind of shared with you guys some, um, Oh yeah, that's right. You did show me some pictures, some stuff about switches. Uh, and we probably had just as many, if not a ton more PS4 and Xbox ones. Now that being said, like, I think I told you, Charlie, that I expect to sell halfway through our Switch allotment, and then the other half will kind of get us through the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, and, sure. And I think that's about what happened. We we didn't sell through our entire Switch allotment. Mm-hmm. Um, we did sell through specific SKUs of the Xbox One and PS4, specifically those $200 and $189 bundles because they were, yeah. they were cheap. Yeah. But those were very limited. People weren't buying PS4s and Xboxes at, you know, they weren't buying the Madden bundle for $300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wanted, they wanted the, the two, $189 Xbox one because yeah. they don't realize the value in getting a game bundled in a, in a one terabyte hard drive. They want the cheap, uh, $189, 500 gigabyte Xbox one. But you see a Nintendo switch, which is just like, um, what else has been a really hot item? Like the Super Nintendo Classic or the NES Classic. Those things one are of those everywhere things, too, dude. Yeah, they were everywhere. And like it's just it's just one of those things where it's a very hard it's been a historically very hard to get product. And everybody wants one because it's got so much more utility 
than any other device on the market right now. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's that's what sells me on it. Like at the end of the day, like the switch for me is like I got it and I was like, I was like, oh, cool. I'm kind of getting this because Zelda and Mario look really cool. And the portability thing is cool and and interesting. And I I'm not sure how much I'm going to use it. And it turns out despite the fact that I figured I would play in dock mode the majority of the time, because like with the 3DS and all that, the number one feature I wanted was, oh my God, let me plug this into a TV because the screen yeah. is tiny and awful. Um, but with the Switch, I t- the screen is big enough that I tend to play it undocked most of the, I'd say like 60% of the time I play undocked because like I'll be out with some people from my Nintendo meetup group or I'll be out with you know, Susan at friends places or something. We'll play games, hang out, um, or I'll just lay in bed and play. Um, you know, the only time I play docked really is when it's docked here and I'm like streaming or if I want to be on the living room play, like I tend to play the beginning and end of a game docked so I can see like the big cutscenes like big on the screen. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, not really. And different people have different mileage, right? Like Nintendo released that, thing that said the average or I think it was like 60% of users like are pretty 50 50 with how they use the switch. And then it was like slightly more people play outside of that slightly more people play handheld than people that play docked in terms of the people that only play one way. Yeah. Um, I, I play mostly docked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and I mean like, you know, frost echo and chat said like, I like freedom and choice. Like I totally agree with you. And I guess the thing that the, the kind of freedom and choice that the switch gives me is something that the PC can't provide. Right. I like the freedom and choice to play my games in docked mode or in handheld mode at a moment's notice in a way that's not, I'm going to have a laptop and plug it in and have to sit like on a bus. Like it's just, it's the freedom of utility which is a different kind of freedom than the PC, right? The PC, you get to customize your hardware and you can get, you know, crazy deals on stuff and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of software available. But I think on the other end of the spectrum is a lot of people like freedom and choice in a way that is accessible to the average person and makes it just easy to use on a daily basis when you're out and about. Um, Which is why, I mean, my two primary gaming platforms are PC and Switch because I, again, I like... I like freedom and choice. Like I was a PC gamer for the longest time because I was like, why would I buy? Like, what's the point of buying a PS4 and an Xbox one when they're just shitty PCs with, you know, less software and the exclusives are things I don't care about. Like they're, they're just bad PC PCs that I, I, that I'm, I have to have plugged into my living room and I can't really play in my office very easily. And the opposite is for the switch, right? It's like, yeah, it has less software than than PC does, but I get a lot of software that caters to me personally because I'm a huge Nintendo fan. But at the same time, it provides me a way of playing that no one else can provide right now. Agreed. Yeah, that's just how I feel about it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, what's so? What's super interesting about all these numbers, right? Like all these like crazy Switch sales and everything is that it's all kind of culminating in the fact that Nintendo is now the richest company in Japan. Cash rich? Cash rich. Or we talk about market share rich. Um, this this is based on cash rich. Yeah, this okay. is not based on... So yeah, th- let's qualify this. This is not market share rich. Um, I'm sure that number is very different. But uh, this company, uh, Toyo Keizai, uh, basically released and... In, in, um, 
I don't know. It says a business publication. I'm not sure if it's a magazine or if it's, I'm, I don't know. I'm guessing it's a magazine. But they released a list of their 500 richest companies in Japan. Nintendo's number one and Sony's number four. Um, so again, I just think it's interesting to see those kinds of things in the wake of, you know, people saying stuff all the time like, oh, Nintendo should go third party because they're shutting down. Nintendo, right? It's like, are you sure? I don't think you really know statistically what you're talking about. Like, you might yeah. want to put some qualitative data behind those statements. Nintendo's just padding them pockets even more. Yeah. Raking in that money. Gotta get that so, money. Frost Gecko in chat is posing an interesting question. Um, do you think that Razer will jump onto the mobile market and try and make a portable tablet PC like that runs Steam or whatever? I'm sure they will. It's yeah. possible. I don't think that. I think they'll Here's... do it. I just don't think it will catch on. Just like no, I don't a, think their mobile phone will catch at. on. A lot of all their products outside of basic, um, basic PC products, they don't catch on. Like they'll catch on with a small group, right? I mean, just like the Smog Z. Like there are people that wanted that a lot, um, but you know, outside of weird business things that happened that completely destroyed it. Like people want that, but again. It's going to be for a very fringe market because the average consumer doesn't know what Razer is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very interested in that Razer phone, but the reason that I wanted a Switch was, number one, yes, the portable hybrid console aspect of the thing definitely drew me in. I thought that was a really great idea, and obviously it's worked really well for Nintendo. But more than that, and one thing that Razer will never have, no matter what kind of PC, uh, ARM, whatever architecture they throw into this thing, how much power they put behind it. I don't yeah. care if it's 18 times more powerful than the Switch. They don't have Nintendo properties. Yeah, they just don't have exclusives in general. Right. They're, I mean, not, a, they're not a development company. They, I mean, they're yeah. a hardware development company. They don't make software. Yeah. They don't make gaming software. Yeah, I mean, like, look at, look at Xbox One X, right? It's the most powerful console ever made, which is true. It's objectively true. But why aren't people running on Biden immediately? It's got cool hardware features, right? Software. Yeah. Software's super important. I mean, it's like, yeah, Steam uh, Steam has a ton of great games, but the majority of people that play those games play them at home on their 4K TV, and they want as much power as possible. You're telling me that the average PC gamer is like, I want to play all my PC games on the go? I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I don't think it's going to sell well. I don't, yeah, I don't see that either. Like, you're, I mean, you're trying to convince a group of people of something that they don't regularly out ultimately what this thing would do and, and here's the here's the problem with a device like like that a razor let's just say razor makes a handheld right yeah is you're gonna be limited to flash storage which is super expensive compared to like mechanical hard drives that you can buy right now in the market like charlie you and i probably have solid state drives built into our computer yeah. uh, of some kind but you tend to load your games onto a mechanical hard drive because it's cheaper you know we want to have four terabytes yeah. of, of of hard drive space on our pcs that way we can hold as many ga games as we can it's a problem that i'm running into going to be running into very soon with the switch is i'm going to run out of space to download my games but if you're talking about me taking a game like the witcher 3 or assassin's creed from you know steam or uplay or wherever you buy your you buy your games from and yeah. loading it onto a handheld device that I'm limited to uh, solid state or not solid state, but some sort of flash storage on, then I got to go out and buy a $200, uh, 512 gigabyte micro SD card. Like now you're talking about raising the price of your device by $200. Yeah. 
And like you said, it's yeah. kind of a, a moot point because I'm going to be running into the issue very soon with the Switch. But here's the difference is that Nintendo does a very good job of optimizing and compressing their games down into like good file sizes. Mario yeah. Odyssey is just north of five gigabytes. Yep. Breath of the Wild, which is a game that's the same scope of The Witcher 3 as far as world size goes, is yeah. just 13 gigs. Yeah, not a hundred gigs. <laughs> so and there's going to be no cartridge for you to plug into a to a, a razor handheld. You're going to yeah. have to buy all this stuff digitally. Yeah. So right now, with with flash memory being what it is, and the and the cost of that, and with um with file sizes of games like the games that you'd want to play on a dedicated you know console or handheld console like this, uh, the reason that you would buy this versus a Switch, you're going to be very limited. In like just by just by cost, unless yeah. like you said, you're one of those fringe consumers who has the disposable income to afford something like this. Yeah, it's just not. It's just it would be. I would actually think that it would be a very poor business decision for Razer to get into something like this. Yeah, as 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 excited as I would get about something like that, because I actually think that I would get pretty amped up for for that kind of product. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's that's like kind of interesting right now that's going on, like speaking of Steam, is like so many companies are talking about how poorly their games are selling on the platform. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, um, Square Enix came out and said that Steam is not the best platform for their games, um, because it's too crowded, right? And yeah. you know, we learned this year, or we just learned recently that this year alone. Steam doubled the number of games that were on the platform from 2016 to now. They doubled once they added uh, Steam Direct, which basically yeah, had you gotta no... pay 100 bucks and you get yourself on their platform. Yeah, ecosystem. so it's it's the vast, the vast, vast, vast majority of games on that platform are incredibly low quality asset flips that take up the store and completely confuse the algorithms that don't work. And good games, you know, they say, oh, the cream rises. It doesn't. It it doesn't work that way anymore. Unfortunately, it's sad. But, yeah. you know, I mean, the other side of it is that you have games like, you have success stories like with SteamWorld Dig 2, where they just came out and said that it sold 10 times better on Nintendo Switch than Steam. And that is directly yeah. from the devs themselves. The crazy thing is because, like, so Nintendo's releasing indie game stuff at a pretty pretty good clip every like tuesday a, and thursday every tuesday and thursday there's new games in the marketplace that's sur- that stuff surfaces directly to the top so you charlie you're you're designing a game right now you're you're making yeah. a game yep you're designing it whatever for you knowing let, let's say nintendo charges you a thousand dollars yeah to to put their game on their system yep. and to put it on steam it's only a hundred bucks where would you put your game oh Definitely, as of right now, I mean, well, number one, I'm gonna probably, I'd probably put it on every platform I can get it on. Um, I mean, but if you had to make, but if, if I had, had one if, choice, if you had one choice, I'd put it on the Switch right now. Easily. You put it on the Switch right now because number yeah. one, like you know, your game's gonna surface. So and yeah, you're gonna throw a thousand. Yeah, it's, Go the type, it's a type of game that is completely directed at the kinds of gamers that are on the Switch, simply right. because that's just my my style, right? But I mean, it might if, be, yeah, it might be ten times more expensive to get it on the Switch, but you know that you're gonna make you're gonna make that hand over fist back because yeah. you're actually you're gonna get you're gonna get the visibility that you need, yeah, to sell a game. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's hard to, um, it's hard to really say how that work out. But what's I mean, what's the other thing that's interesting about it is that 
Nintendo really helps indie games a lot because when these games do come out, Nintendo markets them, put them on the YouTube channel. They tweet out about it. They put you in directs. You know, they hype you up a lot. And the Nintendo community, it, you know, they react to that. It resonates with them very well. And if you react with that Nintendo community, right, you do an AMA, you go out, you, you know, you, as stupid as it sounds, you know, you, you tweet out and say, hey, guys, you know, I, we, I just want to do a poll. Here's the icon for this game that's going to be when it, when it releases. Do you guys like the icon or should we change it? Right. Or what some companies are doing is they have four different icons for the community to choose from. They give them five, uh, five choices. You know, th- they let them choose between one of the four icons or, um, yeah, let them choose between one of the five icons or no, or, or, you know, try again type of thing. Like we hate all of them. And then, you know, from the two that have the highest to let them vote again. Right. Yeah. Say, okay, what do you guys want? And, that sort of stuff really endears the community to it. And the only reason that kind of stuff is possible, the only reason we know about it is because Nintendo hypes it up so much. Yeah. Steam doesn't do that for you. Sony definitely doesn't do that for you now. They're, they're, a lot of indie games are talking really poorly about about PS4 because um, they, they're basically taking the stance up, well, we're Sony, we don't have to care. And they're having the same problem right now where there's really bad quality control on PS4 and nobody knows about any games to come out for it. Um. And apparently Xbox is the opposite. Xbox is really, really good right now. And apparently they're, quote, about to make headlines, according to a couple of indie devs, um, with some system they're going to have for indie games. They're trying to really court indie devs a lot because I think they they see a lot of power in that from Cuphead, right? They're like, you know, maybe we should maybe we should do what we did with the 360 and be a good platform for indie games because it did help. Yeah. And they made a lot of money on it. I mean, 30% on these indie games, they sell a million copies and take almost nothing to make. Like, why not foster that, right? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, is a good thing. I think that's good for indie games um, to get on these big platforms. Um, you know, they, I'm glad they exist in a time when Steam is so screwed up right now. Um, yeah. And specifically, like, we're talking about, like, Steam World Dig 2, right? Yeah, Steam World Dig 2 sold absolute gangbusters on the Switch. Well, I mean, look at something like Golf Story too. You put that on Steam, yeah, it's going to get flooded, drowned. I mean, Nobody every, probably would have ever recognized it. Every comment is going to be the same thing. Ugh, another another shitty pixel game, and it's like you don't have to buy it. Like you don't have to like comment and talk shit about. It. Like I think the game looks great. I think it's a it's a great fun game, right? Yeah. Um, it's okay. Let's be honest. It has some technical flaws here and there because it's made by a team of two people. But, but overall, like that game is is definitely worth the price of entry. Oh yeah, it's a really fun game. I, I really enjoy it a lot. Um, I definitely recommend it, especially if you can get it like on sale and stuff. Because I think mm-hmm. there's a sale on it at some point. I can't remember. Um, but there's also a physical copy or physical edition apparently coming pretty soon too. Might be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a hard sort of situation to be in, I guess. Um, and I don't know what Nintendo is doing, but they're getting a ton of exclusive, like they're getting exclusive indie games, which just sounds weird, but it's working. And the indie yep. games that sign up for the exclusivity program are getting really, really good returns. Like Nintendo's helping them out. They're hyping them up like crazy. They're probably giving them development money. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, that that's how you get exclusives really. Right. And these games are doing really well. I mean, I think when Wargroove comes out, you're going to see the same thing with Wargroove. That thing's going to sell like crazy. Um, uh, dude, it's it's crazy. Like, there's just so many indie games that they are getting weird exclusivity deals with, and it's working. I don't know if like the I don't know if those games are ever going to have like some sort of 
time limitation where you know they become available on PC later or something. I don't know. Um, because I mean, there there's definitely something to be said for games not being exclusive forever. Um, in, in terms of like third party games, like indie games and stuff. Um, but because normally, you know, if you looked four or five years ago, you'd see stats everywhere of everyone saying, you know, your best option is to take no exclusivity deal and put your game on every single platform. Yeah, just cast the widest net. Yeah, but it's not the it's not the case anymore. Steam is doing really poorly. PlayStation doing really poorly, like really poorly. Like, and if you have a choice between Xbox One and, and Nintendo, you go with whoever has the the whoever gives you the best deal and whoever you think your your game is going to appeal to the most, right? If you're going to make some sort of, you know, competitive shooter game or a MOBA or something, Xbox might be the better place for you, right? Yeah. Um, or some sort of like always online like experience, yeah, that might be a better place. But so I think a single player game is like go for the Switch, dude. Yeah. I think kind of like to your point, like uh, the exclusivity kind of, helped Cuphead in a lot of ways because uh, Microsoft well, sure. put a lot of marketing behind that game. Oh, yeah. One game that did not work for at all, though, was uh, was when they remade Tomb Raider for the Xbox 360 and then it was ported to the Xbox One. It just yeah. it just didn't work. Yeah, it didn't um, work at all. So, well, isn't that the game that... Isn't that the game... Oh, that's when they re. It's re, you're saying when they remade the original Tomb Raider, right? Not when not, they not, revamped not, it? No, when they, re, when they rebooted it. Okay, well, so the that's a different time. that's a different story, though. So the problem with that game in general is that game costs so much to develop. That was one of those games yeah, that had like 150 million where, development because it yeah. sold like crazy. It had like six and a half million sales or something that's, crazy. Yeah, that's one of those like times that Square Enix said, "Hey, like even though this thing sold you know four million four million units, we still consider it a failure." Yeah, because it because it didn't make its money back or whatever. But my point is is that Square Enix. Um, decided to take an exclusivity deal with Microsoft. Yeah. And like, good on Microsoft for going after that game because, I mean, as, as Microsoft, I think that's the move you want to make. Yeah. Um, but for Square Enix, they kind of shot themselves in the foot because when that game eventually released on PlayStation 4, just nobody bought it. I mean, they, they released like the definitive edition that had all the uh, DLC and like season yeah. pass or whatever, and it just didn't sell well to the point like where I think it actually really hurt Rise of the Tomb Raider when it, you know, released multi-platform. People just didn't have the affinity for that franchise anymore because if they didn't play, if they are a PlayStation 4 owner and they didn't play the original one on PlayStation 4, which not a lot of people did, then they weren't interested in the second one because they don't know what they were missing from the second one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But I'm 100% with you. Like if you're an indie developer and you have, and you've got to make a choice, whether it be for necessity or to even just, try to promote your game. Yeah. If you got to take an exclusivity deal, go with Nintendo at this point. I mean, depends. Especially if your I would say it depends. I would say it depends on your core and your target audience in most right. cases, but yeah. If um, you're making an Axiom Verge style game, yeah, go to go Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> Do it. It's, it's going to sell like freaking crazy. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny though, because talking about casting the widest net and stuff like that, Final Fantasy 14 is crazy. It's going to be on freaking everything at this point because the developer or the director is like, yeah, we're working on getting on the switch now. Like they're having conversations and this is like, I know we've talked about this before, but like they're, they're still doing it and doing their best to try and make it happen. Having quote positive discussions. Um, like they're, they want to put on Xbox too. 
Well, Xbox it's, One as well. Sorry. Um, Scott, I, Scott's been like trying to convince me. I, he stopped now, but he was trying to convince, convince me for the longest time to really get into Final Fantasy XIV. Now I've got my buddy Michael who's trying to convince me too. Yeah. And on the Switch might actually get me to do it because like, I don't know, there's something about having the Pro Controller in my hand that really just makes playing games feel yeah. right. I will say and, that yeah. game works really well on a controller. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and I, I got to, to max level at the time. Yeah, and um, even like have the ability to play handheld mode would be something. One thing I think you're gonna have an issue though is convincing Nintendo fans to pay a fifteen dollar a month. Um, yeah, fee. yeah, I don't know how that's gonna go over. Hot um, take from Rift. Yeah, included in the Nintendo online Dude, that, program. That would never happen. <laughs> that would be yeah, insane. Like that, that would, that'll never happen. That would be one of those things where you'd have to have the Nintendo whatever they call this thing, like yearly membership and also be paying the $15 a month because that's what they do on Xbox Live. Even Well, they might yeah. not do that anymore, but that, it used I to be you'd have to have Xbox Live and pay the subscription. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think making I, that would be a hard sell to a, uh, to a Nintendo consumer. Although Nintendo consumers have grown up and do have income now, as we've seen from recent yeah. data that we've shared in recent shows. So yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I, that would be cool. Yeah, and I just want to make a quick note of this because there's not much to talk about about it. But um, you know, we we have we had uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five um, announced in January um, for the Switch, and there's there's like some teases or whatever, but there was no information about it coming to the West. And they confirmed today that it is coming to West, coming to the West. Nice. And it's going to be that'll, that'll make translated a lot of people happy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super interested in it. I've never played the games, but I know a little bit about them. And I have a friend who is super into the Persona and Shin Megami Tensei series, and he's really excited. So uh, I'm 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 looking in. I'm looking forward to it. And it, it's a nice looking game too. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff's getting more and more impressive. Um, but man, one of the biggest things that kind of happened this week is Bandai was just freaking popping off all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Um, I mean, first of all, there's this rumor that there's going to be uh, an event on December 15th where Bandai is going to announce five new games with a heavy emphasis on Nintendo. Um, What could that mean? Yeah. That rumor didn't also talk about Soul Calibur yeah, six? well, th- so and- there's been there's been a ton of rumors about Soul Calibur Six recently from all over the place. Um, Soul Calibur Six is one of the ones that you know just will not stop. And but one thing that, that's interesting is that one of the big rumors that came out about it said that Link was going to be playable again, but this one is saying that it's going to be a Fire Emblem character, which hmm. is like weird. Um, I don't know how much I technically really believe that stuff. Um especially considering the next two things I'm going to talk about. But like, I think we, this kind of all gets lumped together. Right. Um, because at the same time this week, uh, they put out this cool teaser site for, uh, what is going to be a, my hero academia game. So it's just a microwave that you click and then an egg falls out and the egg cracks. And then it gives you a number of days left and it ends on December 5th. Um, which apparently is a reference to My Hero Academia, which I need to watch more of that show. Um, Same. But a lot of people are really excited for that. Um, and that's that's super interesting. It's like, again, is that game coming to Switch? Because, you know, the, the thing is, Bandai has been the biggest, or like one of the biggest Japanese companies out there that's just constantly like 
The Switch is the best-selling platform for our games. We are all in. So it's like all these games that are getting shown off now have a really, really good chance of coming to the Switch. Yeah. Um, what about... So we already know, like, we're getting Dragon Ball Fighters, which is Bandai, right? Yeah. And Published we, by we Bandai, do, but yeah. Right, and we got Dragon Ball Universe 2 a little bit ago. Well, we don't, we don't know we're getting Dragon Ball Fighters. It's been... Incredible! Like it's been hinted at so many times on Twitter by the devs, it's not even funny. And they said that they want to do it. Yeah the the voice actor of Vegeta came out and said, "Like guys, I need this on the Switch. Like give it, come on, yell it, yell at them." Yeah, I'm getting really pissed off. By the way, real quick with with Google Chrome, was that dude? It's like when I'm in a when I'm in a website where has its own search function and I go to my my address bar at the top of Google Chrome it thinks that I'm trying to search within that website sorry it just was a little side note it just pissing me off go on yeah that's fine <laughs> um but yeah so I mean another then there's another game that's getting teased by Bandai and they said that a new game in their Super Robot Wars series is coming, and we're going to hear about that on December 11th. So December 5th, we're getting information about My Hero Academia. December 11th, we're getting information about Super Robot Wars. And if the rumor's right, then we're going to get five more games on the 15th? That just sounds crazy. It seems to me like maybe maybe I could see the 15th being five games where they're also going to talk about My Hero Academia and Robot Wars. Then maybe I can see that, right? It's like five games plus... Because you remember, like, what, last week or two weeks ago, they said that they had three new ex- Switch exclusives coming next year. So maybe they're talking about Super Robot Wars, uh, My Hero Academia, and then the three exclusives coming next year. And maybe those are the five that we're going to hear about. That's my theory. Because I I just, I can't in my brain find out how they're going to uh, announce seven games in the same month. That just sounds, ridi- five sounds ridiculous. Seven sounds absolutely absurd. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, Merry. Yeah, Christmas is coming early, just like the article says on the screen. It's, it's crazy. Um, but I mean, yeah, I've said it a billion times, and people want to fight me on it. I think if I think if Bandai has Switch exclusives coming next year, that's because Bandai worked on Smash, and Smash is freaking coming. And the only <laughs> reason, the only reason, I'll say it a million times. Uh, the only reason I have any hope that Smash Five, and that's by the way, not a Smash port it's stupid it's not happening smash 5 um the only reason i think that would happen is because you know nintendo said they're going to ship 30 million more units next year there's no way that's not happening without smash pokemon and animal crossing on the same year and that's like barely enough to push 20 historically so yeah, like, i don't know well i mean I if you look you, at if I, you look at the units that I, that get shipped, i think i think pokemon or Smash by itself would be able to shift that many. Well, no, more, more, God, more, no. poke, more Pokemon. Yeah. Not Smash. Po- Pokemon's not, never not shifted Smash. 30 million, not even close to 30 no, million. Units, but dude. you got to remember, we're still super early in a generation. Pokemon yeah. never releases this early in a generation. And it might not Second be year. fifth, but it might not be Pokemon that sells all 30 million units. But let's sure. say they were already going to sell to 15 million other people. Yeah. And then Pokemon shifts 15 more million. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it sold fifteen. It's it's going to sell about fifteen million this year with Zelda and Mario in the same year. Well, that's that's because of supply. I think that they yeah, could have, but if they would have had the supply for it. I think they would have sold. I think they would have sold twenty million or more. Maybe this year. But I, I just I still do not think Pokemon's enough, dude. I think if and you got to remember too, Nintendo is like really conservative. 
Yeah. And well, that's not to say too, that I don't think that we're going to get less than those two games. I think Nintendo's going to have a lot of tricks up their sleeves this year. Yeah. But it's just one of those, like, I I guess I look at it and it's like animal crossing makes so much sense because we just have the the app and Reggie said a million times, like, well, we have apps because we want to use those apps to push games. Right. Clearly. So in that case, animal crossing is, in my opinion, pretty much a lock for next year. I, and I think this year, and I think specifically, I think the first four to five months of this year, we will see the last 3DS game from Nintendo. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, we got, we got Metroid last year, like, or this year, towards the end of this year. Yeah. Um, which kind of seemed like the last big game from Nintendo. I mean, we've got what else coming? There's some Kirby game coming, right? For the 3DS early that, next year, that already happened. I thought, didn't it? Yeah, yeah already it happened. Battle, whatever, that already happened. So, Battle, I mean, city. I don't know. Do we know of any like un unreleased but announced 3DS games? That no, anyone? but Reggie mm. keeps saying they're coming. But either way, like within the first, we'll just say within the first six months of the of 2018. Yeah, 3DS Which, software will will not happen from Nintendo, and yeah, that'll alleviate all the need for those developers. Not that Nintendo wasn't outsourcing a lot of that stuff anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it, it'll alleviate a lot of resource needs for, for the switch. So, yeah. And there's one thing I do want to bring up too, because I, I hear this a lot, right? Like people talking about Metroid, right? And everyone's like, Oh, well, Metroid's not coming until 2019 at, at, at the earliest. Okay. Which I understand where they're coming from. I mean, at surface uh, on the surface, that makes total sense. Like, though, they just showed off a tr- like a, like a little image and that's all they showed. So clearly it's not even, close to done yet right but that doesn't necessarily mean that like we actually have no information that suggests that the game hasn't been being worked on for two years also we know they did the same thing with fire emblem they didn't show any footage of fire emblem for the switch they just said well they did put a specific release date on it and say it's coming out in 2018 but that's all we've heard they just showed that they said we True, have a new yeah. Fire Emblem in development and you're going to see it. eventually. Well, they did that for Kirby, too. Remember? Oh, yeah. He said we have a new Kirby, a new Kirby coming in the future. And then we saw it at. Uh, we call it. We saw it at. Um, hey, what's up? God, Jayoko. How's it going? Um, <laughs> keep in mind, too. I thought there was no chance in hell that we would get Xenoblade Chronicles 2 this year, which which speaking of that, did you actually hear that game has been in development for three and a half years? Which is crazy because that must have gone to development immediately after Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah. And they were doing that while simultaneously working on Breath of the Wild. So yeah. it's just crazy that that game got done that fast. So, yeah, like the, yeah. it's I, and I think I've probably been on record saying that I didn't think Metroid Prime 4 was going to be out in 2018. However, if if Xenoblade 2 is any sort of indication for what to expect from Nintendo this year, um, well, for next year, rather then it's totally feasible that we get Metroid next year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely. I mean, it's... it's, I don't honestly think it's happening, right? But I think it's one of those people just immediately just say, oh, we know for sure it's not happening. It's like, ah, you you don't, though. Like, you you actually legitimately don't know that. Yeah. Um, It's sort of, I guess it's an interesting thought exercise to me. Like, how crazy would it be if January comes and it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, 2018 is the is uh is it's the lit. year yeah 2018 is the year of metroid and e3 is going to be all metroid theme this year be kind of crazy like dude how crazy would it be if there was like there was like some like 
Metroid-themed giant extravagant display from Nintendo this year with like giant glowing Metroids and like a huge Ridley statue. That's you know that's that actually would be nuts. A, that's actually a really good point. So Nintendo's done themes the last two E3s. Yeah, the first 2016 was Breath of the Wild. 2017 was Mario Odyssey. If they keep with that theme, what theme is going to be 2018? And yeah. I, th- I think that m- you might have a point there as to what to maybe expect. So we don't know. We don't know if we're getting Metroid this year. We don't even know if Nintendo plans on having a January event this year. We assume that they will because will. it's a good time to do it. Creed's our insider. Or yeah, dude, insider. I'm your insider, dude. I'm the, I'm the I mean, he, Oracle. He nailed, the, he nailed the name of the Xbox One X. So, <laughs> dude, so I he just, must know. I, just can't, <laughs> I, I must. can't discredit him, period. So, <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. I still think uh, that's well, funny. I st- I, seriously, hilarious. I came up with that when I was naked in the shower. Okay, that's how. I, that's that's awesome. when I realized they gave me a nice. They gave me a nice visual. Oh, beautiful! It's beautiful. I was just <laughs> yeah, like, water I was like, oh man, man, you know, Xbox One X. Oh, friction's gonna friction's gonna love this. And you're like, oh, that's a stupid name. I'm like, well, fuck. Nah, fuck well, you, what man. was the what was the other name that you what was the other name that you had said? No, that was the one that I originally said, and then it was like I think a week later we were talking about it because they were like doing all this wolf shit. We were like, what? oh, the alpha, the alpha, yeah. yeah, the alpha was the other one. Still would have been a great name. Eh, it's too elitist, though. No, that's well, the you point. know what? But, no, but see, here's the thing: you, you would think that would be the point because that would have gone really, well, that would have gone perfectly with the whole like most powerful console of all time and all that elitist bullshit they're already doing. But it's Microsoft, so you have to yeah. remember that they're going to do everything. Like they're going to spend a whole bunch of money to do something really high quality, but just make some weird marketing decision that just Microsoft Microsoft fucked up by releasing an Xbox one, not, not an S not an X and calling it the elite console when they, because it had a hybrid, uh, a hybrid SSD mechanical hard drive. Yeah. Plus the elite controller in it. They fucked that up. They should have, they should have like waited for that. And then they could have called it an elite. And then it, all the elitists Xbox one gamers would have, would have bought it. So, uh, yeah, do, did we cover everything for this week? This was a long, longer show than I expected it. Yeah, I told you. I was like, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a short one. I'm like, ah, <laughs> there's a lot of every, stuff every this week. week. Maybe it, maybe I jinx it by saying it'll be like a yeah, I Drew, feel like this will be a shorter episode. Yeah, maybe if I say this is gonna be a really long episode, it'll be like 15 minutes and then yeah, we'll just play Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, so I have an idea. We haven't had a time to talk about this. So let's talk about this right here. A little bit of inside baseball. Uh, so next week is the Game Awards. Yep. Uh, they take place Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Do I thought it was want... 9 or is it not 9? I thought it was 8.30, but somebody okay. double-check me while I'm going through this. Yeah, I'll check. Because um, we're just going to get this all ironed out right now. So I say if it starts at 8.30, which I'm pretty sure it does, we get in here at 7.30. We start, we start streaming. We will cover any stories that have happened throughout the week in the first... 45 minutes or so and it'll, we'll have to we'll have to pace ourselves yeah yeah it, we'll, it we'll just cover the way. stuff that really matters and then like the last yeah. 15 minutes leading into the show just chill we will we'll chill we'll we'll just casually discuss some expectations that we think we might have of what might win what categories what we think they might show shit maybe they show metroid prime 4 who knows yeah um and then as we're doing the show it'll be our reaction so we'll we'll stop that we'll stop the show uh, we'll stop the podcast. It'll be episode 28 of the podcast next week. Uh, we'll stop it at about 8.15 or so, so 45 minutes. Um, we'll stop the recording. We'll keep the stream going, or we can end the stream and restart it so you have two VODs, and then we'll hop into yeah. uh, 
we'll hop into the new stuff, the the game award stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. True. Does that work for you? Is that going to interfere with work? So I realized, and I, I keep forgetting to tell you guys that I actually have like work and family commitments on the next Thursday. Yeah, so I sadly won't be able to make it as much as I would like to. All right, um, we'll try to get we'll try to get a guest in here to fill your uh, your big shoes. They might not do a great job, but yeah, uh, nobody. No, I have size thirteen feet, man. So I'm saying, let's let's force the illustrious Ryan to join us. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll get Ryan up in here. We'll, we'll if if he's not available, we'll find somebody. I'm sure he'd love to chill and hang out and talk about the Doritos Pope. <laughs> All right. So that being said, now that you guys know what we're doing next week, join us Thursday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. I think it's December 4th, if I've got my dates right. December um, no, 7th. December 7th? Yeah. You're right. December 7th. December 4th is not a day. <laughs> they actually skip over the day. So December 7th at 8th or sorry, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we're going to do a show. And then if you guys want to skip the show and just come hang out during the Game Awards, Charlie and I and uh, a guest hopefully will be streaming that. Uh, so join us there. I wanted to thank once again, Mr. Ryan. You're, you always get me the show edited to post and publish on our RSS feed for audio on time. And I never get it published to that RSS feed on time. <laughs> but thank you nonetheless. I just, I just published last week's episode today. I feel really bad about it. Slacking. Um, I'm slacking. I've been busy. Lots of sales and lots of buying stupid shit that I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> that being said thanks everybody for listening uh, my name is Jeremy remember to follow me on Twitter at Friction321 follow me on Twitch at Feel the Friction Charlie where are you at? I am uh, I'm on Twitch at SuperCreed and Twitter is Real SuperCreed I've been I've been streaming Mondays uh, Tuesdays and Fridays I didn't stream this week um, but I will stream on Friday most likely probably finish up the two player one controller run of Mario Odyssey that, sh- that should be really cool um, yeah, actually, it was a lot of fun watching that I lied I will not be doing that on Friday because I will be playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 live on Friday yeah man so that's Xeno what I'll be Friday. playing that's what I'll be playing this Friday I might have to watch that because I might have to say uh, either make fun of you yeah, for dude. buying that game when you shouldn't have or saying shit I passed up yeah, on this dude. game I might yeah, do buy this waifu dude. simulator yeah dude have a waifu, waifu simulator uh, waifu Drew where wars. where can we find you you can find me on twitter and twitch at Rift Silver. find all of us there and you can find all of us as well over at switchcore.net where we don't publish anything anymore because we are lazy and suck except for this <laughs> episode um, you can find us uh, on twitter and facebook uh, the handles for those is Switch Coordinate. And thanks everybody who joined us in Twitch for the live stream. Thanks everybody who listens at home on audio. And for those, once again, that contribute and continue to contribute. And a special thank you for all of our Discord members uh, for making all this possible and giving which, us something to do every Wednesday. Yeah, which you can join our Discord through our website or the Discord link is also on the screen. Yes. What? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitch and, uh, and subscribe to us on YouTube too. Yeah, dude. Smash that like button. <laughs> smash it. Smash it so hard that you break your keyboard or your mouse oh or whatever you're using. Super smash it. All right, guys. We'll see you at episode 27. And uh, if not, we'll see you at the Game Awards. And if not, bye forever. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Have a good one. Bye forever. Peace.